Welcome to the intro of Untangling the Truth, the brand new podcast that rambles about meaningful aspects of life such as productivity, self-development and wellness. The main focus is to uncover the uncharted feelings we cope along with in our life's journeys. My name is Gonzalo and in each episode I'll talk about tips, news and my personal thoughts towards what's truly important to find happiness and fulfillment at work and in life. I hope you join me in this new path. Don't rush life. And bye-bye. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Antonio the Truth. My name is Gonzalo and as you know, I love to share stories with you. Today is Saturday. I will talk about how not to kill time in this hustle culture we're living. And it's a short form of the article for David Pearl again. I actually have it in the backup plan. But I think, yeah, I have to share it because I really think it's important to know how we can intercedurally, uh, I don't know how to say this in English, but what it really means is that we, we, we have to slow down. We have to slow down to, to appreciate, to assess all the situations, the problems, the, the, the feelings that we have in life. Because life is a mountain and again and again and again. That's why we have to slow down face all life slowly and carefully. Anyway, after this introduction, without any further ado, let's go into it. If you are okay with killing time, it's not scarce enough. Time is scarce, life is short, and as the grains of sun slip through the cool glass, so does the precious gift of time. Once it's gone, it disappears forever. We all know these things, and yet, at work or at home, we're so lost in a trance of distractions that killing time has become a chronic disease. I remember the moment I started thinking about this. It was 2017. I was living in New York, and if I didn't have a roommate, I'd go broke. I was paying for two rooms in my apartment, and my name was on the lease. None of my friends wanted to spare rooms, so I posted an ad on Craigslist. Two hours later, received a reply from a 31-year-old PhD candidate named Mark. My roommate and I invited him to tour the apartment and since he seemed like a nice guy, we invited him to live with us. From the moment he climbed up on a narrow Brooklyn stairwell, Mark spoke with a debilitated numble. He had the round back of a slow to mature third grader who dreams of being speaks first in people someday, but is always speak last. Like Mark, those kids are mad at themselves, not the wool. Externally, they are harmless, but internally, they are a stew of pain and passive insecurity. In the afternoon, Mark would move from his bedroom to the living room, where he turned on Netflix. When the wife of the missile had gone pressed hard enough on his eyelids, he'd pass out. Some days, I'd come home at 6 p.m. to find him can't even wake him up as sleeping on the couch. And later, we discovered that he was taking a in room rate anxiety vacations every morning and drawing himself to sleep with Heineken, always a Heineken, in the evening. Ironically, he was writing his PhD thesis in tobacco addiction treatment and sadly it wasn't curing his own addiction. He was caught, he was caught between the rock of loneliness and the hard plus of an operating bank account. Slowly his anxiety turned into a gloomy depression, not sadness but a bland disposition where he didn't feel anything. He was also late on his rent, 
He never spoke about his friends, and once he came home with bruises and a broken arm from a shooter. And yet, as his life spilled into chaos, he stayed apparently calm. It wasn't stoic, powerful cardinals. It was a helpless calm, where nothing was worth doing because the world was too difficult for him. Perhaps he was allergic to people. He was so bounded by life and so overwhelmed by thesis that the only thing he wanted to do was beg out and kill time. At some point, it occurred to me that there is a mark in all of us, a person who can't confront the challenges of the modern world and can resist the allure of distractions from it. A person who is cynical about everything because pessimism requires no imagination. A person so paralyzed by the tyranny of judgment that they close to the door. Retreat to the couch and watch others live their lives on TV instead of walking the pavement themselves. And whatever that person surfaces, so does the desire to kill time. The desire to kill time is rooted in inflation. Much of another leisure is slothful. Spend in a taste of passive shoulder slumped confusion where we inhale processed foods that makes us fat. TV shows that enamored state of inspire and advertisements that create anxieties that only shopping can relieve. The authority of modern leisure says that movement is tyranny, as if humans are bodies to be recharged by the electricity of mindless entertainment. That desire to kill time stands for deepest seed nihilism. As I watched Mark numb himself and suppress his emotion with a pillow of liquor, I felt scared that my life would resemble his. So, I decided to do the opposite of what I saw him doing and do nothing but work. I updated Gary Vaynerchuk hustle mode and put all my energy into work, from checking email before getting out of bed to reading an article while waiting to my old me to microwave. I saw a life of hard work as a beatrice one, though I've never been driven by Time wealth, I bowed to the idol of discipline and proved myself shots upon shots of walkahole. In retrospect, I realized that it was something of an overcorrection. In my desire to avoid nihilistic time wasting, I concluded that was good with that, that was difficult, and what was hard with that massive productive activity. Leisure is not killing time. To be sure, even though I've realized a life of total work is no way to live either, my life is better for my obsession with work. You wouldn't be reading this essay without it. But the work of his mindset opposed to me to more nail-beating stress than I wanted. Now, I'm looking for ways to escape from my obsession with work and enjoy leisure time without wasting it. Work is results-driven. Your work towards an outcome which doubles as the measures for how well you spend your time. In contrast, well spent leisure should be available in itself. Staying active doesn't guarantee leisure, but it should bring us alive because the heart dies in moments of stealth. If work is guided by utilitarian outcomes, leisure is driven by intuitive awareness. Leisure is not a time to retreat from the world. Rather, it's a time to poetry prayer and philosophy, a chance to reflect on where we've been, where we are and where we are going. Even if leisure doesn't require an end goal, we shouldn't participate we should anticipate that good things will come from it. For example, the Greeks saw leisure as a time for learning. In fact, the etymology of school comes from the Greek word of leisure, skole, 
but this anonymous relationship between scope and leisure disappear in a world, government productivity offsets world. This type of leisure feels like a forgotten art because capitalism has a way of turning all leisure into a sin. Instead of seeing how leisure can create wisdom, we think like an economic things, as the volatile transactions can create value. As the great philosopher Gorilla Saw once said, my time is money, and baby money is time. I got money, I wanna make the money. But if we see time and money as two sides of the same coin, then time spent not making money is wasted. Thus, our obsession with productivity has the pernicious side effect of demonizing leisure. But only in leisure can we hear the birds chirping, feel the tingling roof of a goodness kiss, or listen to the echoes of the universe. From my perspective, work and leisure follow an explore-exploit trade-off. Exploration is guided by intuition. It's driven by joy and adventure, without a desired outcome. It's devoted to activities that are interesting, but not necessarily productive. Just as focusing on happiness will prevent its acquisition, aiming to make leisure time useful will suck the joy about it. In contrast, the exploit phase dashes towards an end goal faster than a shopper on a Black Friday. It's deliberate, mind-driven action where performance is measured by outcomes. To be sure, manifold leisure can look like work. Contrary to that who spends his time building a backyard patio on Saturday, he tries to hunt Deadpool to purchase two for, for wood and Sherwin Williams' pain. When he returns home, he works on the deck, where his family sees sweat and a sunburn. Jimmy feels the satisfaction of manual labor that not imposed by the demands of the market. He hammers his good, pain his walls, and when a knee falls in the ground place, he splits. Swayed by the dogma of economics, his family encourages him to hire a contractor and outsource the project. But Jimmy sees things differently. His blood is a river of satisfaction. He respects his hammer like he respects his Bible, but smashes it into the wool faster than a Mohammed Ali punch. Berlin puts him in a flow state. Hammer, pain, hammer, pain, hammer, pain. But patio building isn't his family's kind of leisure. They prefer to order supplies on the Amazon and hire assistants for physical tasks. After all, they don't like how the heat of the hardwood touches their face until sweat stains their t-shirt. Jimmy's history demonstrates that the value of free time depends on not on the credit of the activity you pursue, but on how much the satisfaction it gives to you. This disparity in enjoyment applies to all kinds of leisure activities. A friend just completed a 32-mile race in the pouring rain in less than 5 hours. To me, that sounds like torture. To him, it was a bliss. The difficulty is the joy. Likewise, many people hate walking to a campsite, sleeping in the cold, and taking a dump in the woods, but others call that camping. Work, play, and relax. Just don't kill time. Mark ha has never engaged in any kind of fulfilling leisure because he's numbered, he numbered himself in his free time but his work didn't fulfill him either. He spent a lot of his work hours killing time too, but because he didn't see anything in his life as a scars. As I learned from Mark, the worldly life is granted to those who shatter the chains of nihilism and instead see both work and leisure times gifts to embrace. Sloth is evil. For time is the very essence of life, and only in the outer life does the clock stop ticking.
Nobody thinks they did at all, but everybody does instead. The worst and worst reaction on works at least to evaluate ourselves and achievement rather than how on how meaningfully we spend our time. As we move through life, we should swing between the discipline of work and the fullness of leisure. But in both cases, we should remember the scarcity of time and never kill it. And this has been all for today. I hope this little article I've read about time and how we spend our medicine life has um, served a well purpose to you because actually time is limited and we have 4,000 weeks, or um, most of it, you know, 4,000 weeks in life and we are the ones to blame if we do something wrong or something that we don't want to do at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Life is not meant, it's not meant to be rushed. We must embrace it, understand how, is, how, how we can build a better life if we want to have a work, if we want to have some friends, if we have to make decisions. But for that, we need time and we can't complete those tasks in the life if we kill the time that the world has given to us. We must embrace it and understand it and, and, make, a, and make something worth it. So, yeah, this is the understanding of, of what I've read today. I hope you had a great time. Um, see you next week. Bye-bye. This is the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it and hey, don't forget to share with the people around you. The podcast is available on every platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. I upload it every time in Anchor.fm, a platform that is totally free charge and you can load everything you want totally free. And it's easy because Spotify makes you to pay nothing because of it, because an enterprise that belongs to them. Um, that's why I decided. I mean, why not? Sharing stories is my passion and you should try too. So if you sometime give it a shot, let me know.